I'm Brandon Bartnick, and this is the Future of Mobility podcast. We're at an exciting time in the mobility sector, with new technology causing us to continually question the way that we move both goods and people. My job is to talk to the individuals leading this revolution, and to investigate the challenges and opportunities we face as we develop safer and more sustainable mobility. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating. Today I'm joined by Brian Van Batavia. Brian is currently the technical director at Bollinger Motors, an exciting startup developing all-electric trucks and utility vehicles. Before joining Bollinger, Brian had various engineering positions with companies such as MTS Systems, Eaton, and Polaris. Brian and I talk about the importance of his electronics and systems engineering background, the unique mindset he brings to systems engineering, his decision to take on a leadership position at a startup, the way he thinks about competition, his role in branding, and much more. Please enjoy my conversation with Brian Van Batavia. So today we welcome on a special guest, Brian Van Batavia. Brian, thank you for joining. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah, so if you wouldn't mind, can you please start by uh, introducing yourself and explaining a bit about what you've been working on throughout your career? Yeah, I... Um... Uh, I, um, I, I grew up in an in a agricultural small town in Minnesota. I went to college for electrical and computer engineering and computer science, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I took a job with a company called MTS Systems, doing um, real-time control software for automotive test equipment, and uh, did a lot of installations all around the world. Uh, and transitioned from there to, uh, to like a systems engineering role at Eaton Corporation. I worked on a lot of software and electrohydraulic systems for off-road equipment and uh, industrial equipment. Uh, eventually got involved in hybrid powertrains at Eaton, uh, both hydraulic and electric hybrids. And then um, somewhere along the way, I picked up um, my graduate degree in systems engineering and uh, left Eaton and went to Polaris Industries uh, twice, actually. For the first time uh, at Polaris, I was a program leader. Um, uh, for electric and hybrid powertrains, and then I, I was a uh, for one year I was I took a stint as an engineering director at an engineering services firm in Minneapolis, and then went back to Polaris actually as an engineering manager for hybrid and electric powertrains. Was there for a couple more years, and then made the leap to to Michigan. So I moved to Michigan a couple of years ago. I was a chief engineer for electrification at AVL um, for about a year, and just recently I've been with Bollinger Motors for about a year as technical director, leading the, you know, overall engineering of the vehicle, electric vehicles there. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a, a fascinating path so far. And actually, I'd, I'd be curious to hear a bit more about actually your first stop. So an MTS, if I remember correctly, is in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So actually, I did an internship in uh, in Eden Prairie. So I lived there for a summer and, and had a lot of fun. But uh, one of the things that I I noticed, or my understanding is you were able to to spend time kind of seeing the whole product development cycle, including um, some of the business aspects as as well in the role. So assuming that's true, I'd be curious to to hear, um, especially early in your career, how that, what you learned from that experience and what you've been able to take from kind of that whole holistic view as you've moved forward into these various different roles throughout your journey. Yeah. 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 Actually, I mean, I, I, I kind of consider my time at MTS systems is where I really learned how to be a systems engineer. So my role there was, was software, real-time control software. 
but you know, I'd be involved all the way at the beginning from proposal writing and kind of technical concepts uh, of, of custom test systems mm -hmm. to making the sale, you know, writing requirements, doing the software, testing the software, making sure it worked, and then actually doing installations, commissioning and checkout kind of at customer sites all around the world. And when you're at those customer sites, sometimes, you know, things don't always go perfectly. And so diagnosing problems was never purely a software job, right? It was, you know, figuring out if the nuts and bolts were loose or if the wires were broken or if, um, you know, the software was the problem. Mm -hmm. So the kind of making it all work together um, is, was kind of my, um, my job at, at MTS. And I, I really felt like uh, that's kind of where I figured out, you know, that multidisciplinary engineering is really important. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an invaluable skill set for sure. Um, do you remember what it was about controls and, and software that really sparked your interest? From a, from a young age, my, my dad is actually a mechanic, and so I grew up in the shop. And, uh, you know, I, I remember my dad kind of, you know, cursing and saying bad things about who designed this and who did it this way. And, and yeah my interest was kind of like many, you know, sort of uh, more in video games and, and computer software at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, at some point I'm going to grow up and, and work on electronics and software and vehicles uh, because I like vehicles and because I like electronics and software. And at that time I could kind of tell just things like, um, you know, fuel injection and, and electronic throttle control and things were becoming commonplace. And so I just, could kind of tell that electronics on vehicles was going to be a growing field. And so that, that really sparked my interest. Yeah, I got you. And then I guess I'm not sure if it was apparent at that time, but obviously electrification has been a, a very interesting development and it seems like something that you've been um, involved in. And then certainly now I'm very deeply involved. Uh, is it, so is it accurate to say most of the, so I know at Polaris, it's yeah, primarily the, the off-road type vehicles. And then now at Bollinger, it's road-worthy, but also a, a very, like a utility type vehicle, right? Uh, do you think, do you think much or very differently about electrification coming from that angle, as opposed to maybe a, a large OEM who's trying to sell many electric or hybrid and electric vehicles? Hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting question. I, I think that I, I do approach approach um, all problems differently, including powertrains and, and like vehicle concepts in part because of my software background. So I sort of think about things in terms of like object-oriented software. There's this object and it has some behavior and that object needs to interface with another object in some way. And so there's some interface or some data exchange so just thinking about problems from sort of a software engineering perspective, even if the problem per se is is a vehicle or a collection of fleet vehicles and they all need to be charged at the same time. Yeah. I think I, I sometimes have a very unique perspective in part because of, you know, the, the fact that my early career was more software centric rather than, um, you know, mechanical engineering or industrial engineering centric. And so I've, I've, I have the sort of software base um, you know, interest or, or education, which with systems engineering laid over top, which is a little bit of a different way of looking at the world. Yeah, and so I studied mechanical engineering, so I end up also very interested in, in, in systems engineering, and it's something that I tend to think about 
a lot. And I, I guess I've always gravitated even just like personally playing a lot of sports. Uh, I was always kind of a systems type thinker and um, enjoyed understanding how my role played within the, the bigger team. Um, but, but yeah, it, it certainly is though different thinking about it from a, a primarily mechanical approach versus the electrical side. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. There's some definite analogs. I, I was involved in sports as well. And I use those analogies often at work, actually kind of the, you know, the star player mentality and the utility player and, and everybody has a role and, and it actually translates pretty well to sort of complicated, you know, engineering systems. Every part plays a role. Hmm. So could you talk a bit about the, the experience now being in, in a startup, which, you know, is, like, like I had mentioned, very, very interesting, uh, I guess, product that you're developing, exciting time, um, cool technology, also a ton of competition with, I guess, se several other companies working to kind of reach a, a similar market of the electric pickup utility type, uh, type vehicle. What have you, I guess, what has surprised you about this experience? Or is there anything in particular that you've picked up that has really struck you as uh, powerful lessons along the way? Mm. Um, I, I don't know about, about lessons so much other than perhaps that, that, that I, you know, that I chose to work at Bollinger Motors um, because of some, some lessons, you know, I was in and around the automotive industry working for the large OEMs, you know, as a, as a supplier or as a contractor in some way, shape or form for almost 20 years. Um, and when, when I, you know, decided to part ways with AVL, looking for the next opportunity, I, you know, I, I didn't really want to go and join a large company like, you know, like one of the large OEMs. I really do kind of like being in the smaller atmosphere where the team is, I know the team by name and I, and I know what they do in the evenings, you know, and, and we're really friends or family. That, that is, is, it feels like home to me, you know, and it's a little bit more of the small town kind of atmosphere. Back to the same sports analogy, you know, the old, you know, the old kind of Hoosier sort of underdog syndrome. I've, I've never been one to back away from a challenge like that. And uh, I've had some success in my career. So, you know, I just felt like that was the right, right place for me. Yeah, it's awesome. There's certainly, yeah, there's something exciting about being the one trying to, uh, to, to yeah, work your way up and, and make an impact from, uh, as you mentioned, yeah, being the underdog. Uh, I guess... Other question I had for you, uh, how do you think about, as I mentioned, the, the competition? It, so some of these players are, like, is that even something that you concern yourself at this point, the other entrants, or is it more so that you're focused on just making the best product that you possibly can for the market and customers that you guys are going after? Yeah, I think it's very much the latter. You know, we can't control um, what other people do. Um, and so, so we just do what we do and we try to make sure we know what we do well and what we don't do well, you know, and, and be self-aware in that way and just, um, just engineer the best product we can. And actually, I think it kind of shows it, it turns out to be a very authentic approach. Um, Bollinger in particular is fairly open with, with our activity on, on our website, kind of a blog sort of story of the team and the development of the company. And so, um, it, it feels very real and that's because it is. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it's a, it's a, it's a nice thing to be a part of. And, uh, you know, the rest will kind of work itself out. Right. 
do you feel like you're tied into or play a significant role in kind of the, I guess the brand or and and some of the, the, the marketing that goes into because uh, I know Bollinger's been doing an interesting job, kind of establish a good job and an interesting approach to try to establish themselves as, as I mentioned, kind of unique amidst all of the different electrified players. Um, is that something that on the product development side you think of and are involved in much, or is that more of a discrete function? Yeah, it, um, I, first of all, maybe I can't take much credit for that. I mean, the, you know, I, I joined the company only about a year ago and it, it existed several years before that. So much of that credit goes to, to Robert Bollinger, the founder, uh, his vision for the company. And then his, um, there is a brand manager, a marketing um, focus in the company. And so Robert and his team do a really good job on purpose of, of the things that you see and, and the things how we, you know, are able to garner some publicity and things like that. That's, that's really not my role. Mm-hmm. However, it does, it does shape our, sometimes our, like our technology choices. So, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll choose to, to, to do things or to take certain approaches in, in component selections or in technology choices that actually are a little different and a little bit, um, Sometimes they're risky. Sometimes they're actually very conservative, but they're, they're different. They're not, not what everybody else is doing. And sometimes we prefer that just because it fits with the, the kind of persona in the, in the brand of the company, not necessarily because of a good engineering reason. So, you know, I, I think we, we follow along on, on kind of the strategy and the vision that, that Robert and the, the, the marketing and branding team have, have really laid out. And like I said, they do a really great job and it seems to be working. Yeah, it makes sense. And it comes across certainly with an authentic feel. Um, so, so maybe taking a, taking a step back, if, if you're thinking about kind of the, the wider industry, or even if you want to think about transportation or mobility in general, how do you, how do you think of electrification really um, over the ne- taking place over the next five to 10 years or, or growing within the market? Do you do you spend a lot of time or do you have any specific thoughts about how, yeah, I guess how hybrid and electric vehicles are going to impact and kind of the role that they'll play in the wider industry? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, like we, like we talked, like I sort of um, began my career as electronics and software centric and then the electrification movement kind of happened and I've just sort of been lucky and been along mm-hmm. for the ride. But now that it is is happening, I mean, obviously, I've I've chosen to kind of embrace it and, and make that one of my expertise areas in my career. And so I, I definitely believe, you know, the transition is underway and it's only growing and it's going to speed up. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's it's for a lot of reasons. It's it's somewhat about you know climate change and, and you know denser cities and things like that. Somewhat is is about you know, honestly, some bad publicity, things like, you know, Dieselgate or some of the things around diesel engines and emissions that, that have come out in the last few years, that's had a, actually a really big effect on the industry, if you ask me. And then, of course, there's, you know, this, this few stories where, where some success appears to be happening, you know, like Tesla. So, I mean, definitely, I think there's some evidence that, that it's definitely happening. It's here to stay and it's, it's not going to slow down. And, um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a quote unquote, a believer, I guess. I, I do think that, you know, electric powertrains 
um, are, are here to stay and will become much more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Some people like to say that, you know, internal combustion engines will never go away. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, but what I used to tell some folks or, or, or still tell people is that I think the role of the internal combustion engine will change. It, it's very, very possible that you know, into the future, they'll become, you know, ways to produce electric energy rather than to produce, you know, mechanical torque um, mm-hmm. that's transmitted to the wheels that way. So, so you mentioned though, yeah, the role of the ICE potentially changing, um, which, which is, I think, very interesting. Um, I'd be curious though to to walk back to something that you had you had touched on briefly, and I'm not sure if this is something that you particularly remember, but I'd be curious. You mentioned that you you really had a controls electronics interest, that then you eventually kind of embraced the electrification movement and this doesn't necessarily need to be specific to electrification but do you think of or like how, how do you think of as you're reflecting on your career how do you think of kind of embracing a movement like that is it more of a technical interest where yeah there's cool stuff going on here and i want to be part of it is it making a bet that electrification is going to be important so it'd be nice to catch the wave early on or is it something different or a combination of those um, I guess when I when I say it, I, I think of it in 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 um, as part of my like career career trajectory. So, you know, that I was I was fortunate to be be a part of some really great companies uh, in the past you know twenty some years. Um, except you know some of those companies were were embracing electric vehicles or electric powertrains, and some were not. And so when I felt like you know. They weren't embracing it to the degree that I thought was necessary, or, or, or you know, or I, I, I wasn't growing as like an individual with experience in that field. Mm-hmm. I had to make kind of the tough decision to leave a company that I actually loved. A few times, e- each time there there was people and and organizations that I that you know were paying me well and and were were paying me well to do a job that I liked doing. Um, but at some point, you know, I I would. I would become sort of realizing a fact that maybe, you know, longer term, I wasn't going to grow to the potential level that I wanted to at that company. And so I would have to make a change to kind of continue my growth sort of in, in knowledge and in depth of, of experience for, for basically electric powertrains. Gotcha. Yeah, th- thank you for sharing. So yeah. I, I really appreciate the, the thoughts so far. Um, I think, yeah, very interesting about how you've you thought about the career and in, in your role in, in uh, the industry and such. I'd like to quickly, uh, I guess, uh, take, a, take a right turn here and talk a bit more about, I guess, you specifically. So I have a few more rapid fire questions, like uh, I like to call them. Um, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, if you feel free, your answers don't necessarily need to be short. But uh, so the first question here is about books. So is there a specific book or books that you either your favorite book or something that has had a significant impact on you? One book is called The Innovator's Dilemma. And it talks about a few different use cases of, of you know, technology transitioning and some companies kind of transitioning with it and being successful and some not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been, that's been something that, that's always impacted me. And there's a few books about um, some interesting dynamics of, of, product uh, strategy and, and how it's kind of an emotional decision in many cases. 
and that, that affected me as well in, in addition to sort of my normal personal growth of, of kind of trying to be a good leader and sort of growing as an empathetic person and leader of a team are there anything i guess in particular on that side the more personal side and, and growth that that has stuck out to you like a book or books um yeah right now i'm i'm leading our reading dare to lead by Brene brown and oh, yeah. she talks she talks about you know sort of leading with authenticity and, and uh, even being vulnerable and mm -hmm. so a lot of times you think from your leaders they're these super brave guys but uh, you know sometimes i feel like just sort of being vulnerable and, and letting people know that you don't think you know it all actually has a very positive effect yeah very powerful cool so next question is about your personal hobby so Anything in particular outside of work that is a hobby of yours or something that you enjoy spending time doing? Yeah, I like to be outside with my family. We hike and, and, and boat, you know, on the, on the water, try to take advantage of the outdoors. Um, but I'm also like a bit of an athlete, as, as I hinted to earlier. And so I've, I've been training for triathlons for the past three, four years. And uh, that keeps me pretty busy. Oh, very cool. Uh, and then, so I, I guess really just two more questions here. So the first one is about um, your uh, strength of yours. And actually, feel free to take take this, I guess, two ways. So one would be more of a a personality strength. So what would what would you or someone close to you say is a personality strength of yours that has enabled you to have the success and make the impact that you have so far? And then the second part of that is if you want to talk about, I, I guess, more technical or more um, related to to your business and and how how you respond in that that environment is there anything in particular that either you think you do well or you think the people around you would say that you do particularly well yeah i think i think um maybe my biggest strength is being able to take you know harsh feedback um yeah. so it, it really doesn't hurt me i sort of grew up in an environment where you know people told it like it is and either liked it or didn't and so and i think I'm not sure thick skin is the right word, but you know, I actually, uh, I like receiving feedback. I, I think it helps make me a better person, make me a better leader, make me a better employee. Um, and so that's, that's, I'd say some sort of strength for me. And, and yeah, it's definitely translated into, you know, um, into making me a better, a better leader or a better contributor to any team really. Hmm. Awesome. And, and then I guess the, yeah. So, so to close another kind of two-parter here. So the first one is where can people find you? So whether it's um, yeah, ways to contact you, website, LinkedIn page, whatever. And then the second, just if there's any, anything else you want to share, anything that we didn't, uh, that we didn't cover or any particular thoughts on your mind that you'd like to, to share with the audience. Yeah, sure. No, uh, LinkedIn page is probably a good way to get in talk contact with me you know i'll definitely monitor that monitor that fairly regularly and actually i do have a a, a consulting company called batavia innovation so the my email there is b van beta b-v-a-n-b-a-t-a at batavia-innovation.com um, and so you know that's definitely another way to get a hold of me and can you speak a bit more about kind of your what you do with that consulting company and, and I guess what you're like the, the purpose and what you're trying to do there. Yeah. So at, at times, you know, there, there has been um, projects that, that the organization that I'm normally employed by didn't have time for, or didn't have resources for or interested in. 
Um, and so at times there's things that where, where I can to put in a small amount of time to help a customer in a way where, you know, at the very least I can make connections for them to other organizations that can achieve the things that they want to do. And, um, and, and sometimes there, there are programs or projects that I can actually kind of lead with a very small time commitment um, using outside resources. So there's out, you know, there's other groups and other people out there who are good engineers and know how to get things done. Um, so I can, you know, write a scope of work and a, and a plan of attack and, um, you know, cost things out and plan it and then kind of turn it over to other people to execute. So I've, I've done that a few times and it's fairly successful. And, uh, you know, I'd like to do actually more of it in the future. Awesome. Yeah. So it sounds, sounds interesting. I could imagine that that's going to be fun too, I guess, giving some, uh, I guess, an impact outside of the, the everyday work and then also helping to kind of expand the horizons there. So it sounds like a fun, fun thing on the side. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a, it's a learning tool for me as well. So I definitely get to be exposed to other, other industries and other technologies. So yeah, thanks, Brian. Really appreciate the time uh, and your, your thoughts here and appreciate you joining today. You bet. Thanks, Brian. I'm Brandon Bartnick, and this is the Future of Mobility Podcast.